Hola, hola. It's your girl, Erica, from America. Welcome to the Confidence Chronicles podcast. This podcast is all about helping you stand in who you are. Stop giving a fuck what people think about you. Start standing as your fully expressed self. As you are, as is, there is no filter needed. You are fucking awesome, and I am here to remind you. I'm a confidence coach, and I'm a bold stand for confidence, and I cannot wait to dig into today's episode with you. My friends, welcome back to the podcast. I am extremely excited to present you my guest for today, Marley Liss. She has the most extraordinary story. It's one of my favorite episodes that I've done as an interview, I have to say. I cried many times. This is about a woman who was sexually assaulted. And not only was she sexually assaulted, but went through everything she went through, had the support of her mother. Uh, It was three years until the case was finally reconciled. And she was the first case ever in North America to reconcile with restorative justice. If you don't know what that is, don't worry, we're going to go through it in depth in this episode. But basically, she it was a humane way that her and her accuser got to meet and reconcile what happened. To, for the both of them. And you don't hear about that. And she shares a lot about how difficult it was for her, why she chose to do this, you know, her team and who supported her and the flack that she got for choosing to do this. It is the most incredible story because you don't get to see this side of things. And, and to, the fact that it's the first case ever in North America, the first one to finish with restorative justice speaks a lot about this young woman, her story, her heart, her compassion levels. She's been on every publication you can imagine on television, on the media. Her story is blowing up. I am honored to be able to share it with you. I know this is going to serve all of you, especially those of you like myself who've had sexual abuse or sexual trauma. I cannot wait for you to meet her virtually, for you to hear her story. And I also want to recommend that if you enjoy this, that you tag her on Insta. Tag me. Check out all the links in the show notes so that you can connect with her if you feel moved by the story as much as I did. Without further ado, let's get into the episode. I am so, so happy to have you here today, girl. Oh my gosh, Marley Liz. I am like smiling from ear to ear right now, you guys, because I can't wait for you to hear this incredible woman's story because it is a story that you wouldn't normally hear. We we normally don't see this level of awareness, this level of compassion, this level of healing. Uh, it is fucking incredible. So when 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 we heard about your story, we're like, oh my gosh, especially with my audience, because I talk a lot about sexual abuse. I talk a lot about healing your story. And so I am so damn excited that you exist and so happy that you are here all the way from Canada in the house. So um, welcome to the podcast. Yay! Thank you so, so, so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here and to share. It feels really great. Yeah, we're excited to have you, girl. Okay, so for everybody out there listening, tell us a little bit about your story and maybe before we go into how it all happened, but what what your story is and what you do now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so the super like summary version is that not so long ago, like this past fall, my sexual assault case became the first in North America to conclude with restorative justice through the legal system. So 
This means that instead of going to criminal trial, I fought for my assailant to go to therapy. And then we met in an eight hour, essentially a healing circle. Um, and now I've founded this organization. I do sacred sensual coaching with women. Um, I love this like line on your site is something about like our traumas become our triumphs. And that's like very much how I feel. Wow. So you do coaching after this, this experience. When did you have this, this sexual assault experience? Yeah. So, um, in 2016, I was raped by a stranger. Um, I think I've had, like, I definitely have had a lot of blurry non-consensual experiences. Like, you know, those hookup culture experiences we've really normalized alcohol and we're like, I don't know, it's blurry. Um, and I think I just kind of pushed a lot of those to the side, but this one was like very extreme and undeniable. It lasted four hours. And I think a really key piece of it is that like every so often he would be like, I'm so sorry, this is so fucked up. And he'd like stop for a second and then continue. So it was this really confusing process for me. of like, oh, wait, like, are you like, you have feelings? And, and then yeah. you're doing that you have feelings like huh yeah how old are you at the time I was 21 wow and so you didn't know this person it just yeah I didn't know him at all it was like a club experience I think because there's alcohol involved Mm. I like struggled a lot with self-blame for sure Mm. Um, he actually like for real coincidentally lived in the same building as my friends I was supposed to sleep at um, which is like wild in Toronto, yeah. like Toronto's big city. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Wow. Okay. So I love this because of the story, not about the sexual abuse, but the fact that a lot of a lot of women, a lot of men, a lot of us humans experience things with, you know, um, what did you call him before? Your accuser, or what is it that you? Yeah. I usually just say assailant. Assailant, yep. That so, like with an assailant, and it's usually like they're the bad guy, they're the villain. They need to be, you know, punished forever. There's no forgiveness, and culturally, society-wise. And I was watching your rehumanize um, video, which is so beautiful. So we're gonna pop all the show, all the links in the show notes, so you guys can go watch it because it was just made so beautiful. You look amazing, and it's gorgeous, and it's just really an amazing story to listen to in video form. You know, I'm very visual. I love me some videos. Um, and I love what you said. It was just like the the ability to forgive and the ability to see someone as a human. So I have all the questions for you. <laughs> um, initially, so this happened. Was this like your first experience like this, like with, you know, assault to this extreme? Yeah, it it definitely was. Like, like I said, like there was some blurry, definitely looking back with like the consent education mm. I have now wait a second, that wasn't consensual, but this was like quite extreme. Like I said, no, so many times covered and like continued and um, yeah, just like kept going and this kind of like, yeah, this like full out thing. So it was my first experience that like opened the floodgates of everything I hadn't grieved for. Mm. It was like my big, like feel everything. Yeah. Um, big yeah a big thing for me 
So can you remember, take us to after, what, like, where did you go? What did you do? Who did you tell? How were you after that? So I like ran out. I was totally frozen. Like I just completely mm. froze. And when I realized that it was getting light outside, that's kind of when I like, cause it was night when this happened and it lasted so long that it started getting light out. And I like, that kind of threw me back into the present. And I was like, holy shit, I don't want to like wake up here. Um, I need to get out of here. So I went back to my place. I was living with roommates, like college, a bunch of um, other students. And I remember standing outside my roommate's door and she's like my dear, dear, like sacred sister Mm -hmm. still. Um, But I remember standing outside her door, like about to knock for like 20 minutes. And it was this moment of like, I'm either going to knock now or I'm not going to say anything ever. Like I knew that I was like, I either now or I don't think I'll tell anyone and um so eventually I knocked and then she was amazing we literally googled what do you do after being raped which is like ridiculous and um we went to the hospital to get a rape kit done because that's what it said to do the nurses were understaffed so they said don't shower don't change come back in 24 hours um yeah and I had like me like yeah oh my gosh wow yeah and I don't think that's like uncommon unfortunately um but when I did go back I I did a rape kit which was like really really hard experience although the nurse was really beautiful she like cried with me it was kind of sweet oh that's amazing (laughs) an angel yeah yeah she she really was yeah you get guided in these moments it's like and I feel that with that knock like Then basically they were like, okay, like the nurse was like, do you want to report or not? And that was kind of my only options. And I didn't want nothing. Like I was like, I don't want to not, I don't want nothing. So I was like, yeah, "Yeah, I'll report. I didn't really know what that meant. You know? Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I can just keep going. Yeah, please. I'm like on the edge of my seat here. (laughs) Yeah. And obviously you've talked about this a lot. So, and you've like to all of you out there listening, like, you know, I don't like to give trigger warnings because I feel like life doesn't have a trigger warning. You know, we need to be able to be with what is. And these are the stories that, you know, I'm I'm delving into like child sex trafficking with another whole, uh, guest that I'm going to have soon. And I'm like, ooh, it's hard to hear. And sexual abuse is hard to hear, especially if we have trauma and things that we have unresolved. But I, I really, I honor you so much because I can see and hear and feel you and that you've really done the work with this and that you continue to do the work with this. And so I really honor you for the depth of your honesty. And to those of you listening, like, wow, it's so easy for her to talk about it. Like I talk about my husband's death and like, it's like nothing, but I've, I'm sure you have, I mean, you've been on all the media channels, Forbes, you know, on television, Mel Robbins, and you've talked about it so much. So if you're out there listening and you're like, wow, how is she so brave? Like she's going to talk about her work after this, but like, I just want to let you know that it does not come easy to someone like you and that you've worked it. And so I really honor you for speaking so openly and bravely about this. So thank you. So yes, tell us everything. (laughs) And definitely like you'll hear in my story, like it was not an easy, Mm. like brush that off my shoulder thing. Yeah. Yeah. It was immensely hard. Um, yeah, I appreciate that permission to like speak so openly to him. Just like, okay, good, I can say it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, pretty much like I, I reported after that, and 
that was such a surreal experience too because they're supposed to be like formal like they're supposed to be neutral because they don't want to seem like they're taking a side the police mm. so they're like very formal and like neutral when you're in this like really intense emotional yeah. state which is just weird and then they ask these insane questions like literally they asked me um how many thrusts per minute and i'm like you like who know who knows that who yeah. knows that? um so that it was really hard like the whole reporting process was hard from the beginning um and pretty much after that i went home and i just focused on surviving like that's that's like what you were speaking about like my body was going crazy and like my tendency in the past was to minimize everything and be like you know it wasn't that bad um mm. But even if I tried to do that, my body would literally break out in hives um, or I would like have a panic attack. Or I would be shaking and it was just like this undeniable experience. Um, so, yeah, I, I was very guided in going to therapy like a week after this happened. Mm. I've always been like super, my whole chart is like fire. So I'm quite yeah. like boom, time to do this thing. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I started writing a lot. Like I started just writing and, and just, um, yeah, focusing on surviving. And I wasn't giving that much thought to the justice system. It actually kind of felt like an inconvenience, like getting in the way of my healing process. Did you get an opportunity after they said, do you want to report it? Did they kind of explain what that was going to mean? Like you'd have to see him again or interact? Like, did they tell you anything what that would be like? Yeah, they definitely don't. Like, I actually want to write an article about how the punitive process is like, ironically, the least consensual thing mm -hmm. in the world. They, they don't, you're so in the dark. Like, you're so in the dark. You have no, like, legal support. You have no awareness or heads up of what this will entail so like little did I know I had signed up for a three-year process that would include like trials and photo lineups and detective interviews and like all of my friends like this 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 was so shitty like this guy that I had hooked up with like a week before became super involved because like his DNA was like in me still mm. so they were like okay he's now going to be a witness on the stand and like it was so like it was it was like as casual hook up and I was like oh and like three years later he was like okay I got subpoenaed to be a witness and I'm like oh my god like I did wow. not and things they say to you are when it comes time for a trial if it gets to that point for me I did a preliminary trial um they they say like, you're not allowed to skip any questions, no matter how uncomfortable they make you. Otherwise you're seen as non-cooperative and you could get charged. We need another podcast about the justice system, girl. Oh my gosh. Wow. So this, like just hearing this really, I don't know if this confirms, but I'd love your opinion on it. Like why so many women just go, I mean, obviously there's the shame that they don't even want to say anything, but the ones that you know, decide to say something like, how do you feel like, do you feel like this impacts that? Cause that sounds full on. That sounds like re-traumatization, like uh disregard, sterile environment. It just sounds horrible. Yeah. I would go as far to say that the punitive system is abusive. Mm. You no, know? like 
it's it's just the last thing anyone who has survived trauma needs um and that's really like where my whole thing comes from it's like why are we living in a world where the justice system is is like hindering healing like it's detrimental to a survivor mm. like it should be complementary it should amplify the healing like that's the world i want to live in and, and that's like yeah been a big drive for me it's great because obviously these reasons and we talk about it a lot and you talk about it in your work is like this is why we move through what we move through because now you've created this amazing thing and although it's horrible what happened there there finds a gift in the shit as i say right like the big pile of poo has a gift it's really messy to get up in there but like it's so amazing because you've created something out of a lack of what wasn't there for you. Did you, did you, I know your mom's involved in the rehumanized movement as well. How was, cause I got two boys, two babies, and I can't imagine anything happened like, like that to my kids. So how did you end up speaking to your mom about it? And how did she get involved in supporting you and creating this movement? Yeah. Powerful question. Um, she's amazing. I just want to say she's amazing. Yeah. I was so afraid to tell her and I, I hear this narrative a lot with with people because I knew it would hurt her so much yeah. um I actually told my brother and asked him to tell her because I was wow. like I can't and then I told her like I can't see you for a few days because like I just can't and um I didn't I don't even remember this because I was in such a like trauma state but apparently I like reached out to her and said hey like can you come like down and visit me? I'm not feeling well today. Like, can we just focus on the fact that I'm not feeling well? Mm. And I like, didn't want us to talk about this. Yeah. She's, she's just like love. She's just love. Like she's just has so much love. Um, and yeah, we actually like lead women's retreats together. Now oh. we lead retreats. And, and this was really powerful because this sent me on like the biggest descent and the biggest rising journey. And it sent her on that as well. Like this blew her world open. Like she started questioning, what does it mean to be a woman? She started reflecting on her past relationships on like all of our experiences. Now she's like a Reiki practitioner. Oh my God. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And, and I mean, she was in this circle, like this healing circle. Um, she was there so yeah, I'm I'm like oh so friggin' grateful for her. Wow, 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 that is so powerful. So I feel like you and your mom need a podcast as well, <laughs> honestly, because to to hear that side of things, because we know we see all the stuff on Instagram, like when you heal yourself, you heal your mother, and vice versa. But like this is this is this and this story in action, and her being able to hold space for you, allowing her to go back to her past and. You know, I mean, I can't even imagine how incredible a retreat with you and your mom would be. Um, I can't wait till we can have in-person events again, because that is going that would just change the world. So how long did this did this whole process from you from this happening to you and then you ending up being in therapy with with this person who sexually assaulted you? Like, how long was that process? And Obviously, there was change in that you in you. You were healing and shifting things during that time. Yeah, I'm not even the same. Like, I feel like I was born when I was 21 in a way. You know what I mean? Mm, yeah. Uh, 
And it's, I was already kind of on this, I definitely, I was already on a healing path. Like I, before this happened, a week before this rape happened, I had been living on an ashram for the divine feminine for three months. Wow. Um, I was like 21. It was like me and all these women who were like 60 and up. And I was like, wow, women are amazing. <laughs> um, and it happened like a week after that. And I was studying social work as well. So I was already like kind of focused on yeah. this, this healing path. Um, but this, this like changed my whole world. And I am like, so friggin' grateful for every part of my journey. Um, it took so between this actual rape and the like healing circle that happened, it was three years. Um, and like, so it took two years to get to a preliminary trial. And in that time, I was very much focused on surviving. Like I said, like I was like definitely having like severe trauma response. I wanted to take my life at one point. Like I really did not want to to live in a world where we were hurting. Like I felt that love had lost on the planet and Trump was elected like a month after this happened. And I was just like, love has lost. And I, I just like could not fathom it. I was like, I can't, that's not the world I want to be in. Um, so I was very much focused on healing. I went to therapy, I went to different healers. I started um, going to retreats led by an indigenous elder, this amazing grandmother that I now like assist her on her retreats, um, all about the sacred womb. And she's like epic woman. Um, yeah, she's really cool. And <laughs> yeah, so there was like a lot. I did my yoga teacher training. Like I was just like, I was kind of like, I mean, it was very do or die for me. The yeah. healing was very do or die at that point. So you would say there was like a period of just like really feeling lost and not having that that drive, obviously from what happened. And then was there a point where it was like, okay, now I need to almost like a moment of, okay, I, I want to be here. What do I need to do? Like, can you think of a point or was it kind of just moments on moments? Yeah, so... There's a few moments that were really powerful. Um, and then there was also a lot of moments. And I feel like, um, I feel like, so from the very beginning, my devastation was like, fuck, like there's no love in, on this planet or like there should be more and there's not. Um, and I said to people like, and I didn't know restorative justice existed at all. And I said to like my close friends and family, if this was my world, we would just friggin' sit down together as wow. humans and like cry and grieve and like figure out what the hell happened and like humanize each other. Um, that's what I wanted. And I wanted him to heal. I was like, I don't know what happened in his life, but I want him to like break that cycle of, of violence. That's incredible. I'm just thinking about the people out there that this has happened to and the anger and the frustration. And it's it takes such a an amazing mind and soul that you have. And I'm, and I'm thinking about the women out there who don't feel like this and are angry and are, you know, pissed off and resentful and, and the injustice and they're feeling that rage. Do you have any words for them right now if they're listening and they're going what like he raped you how could you feel like that because i hear you but it's like what do you say to people that are like i don't understand that like are you on another planet like he did wrong 
you know, like even I'm saying those people that don't get it. So just what could we say to them if they're listening? Totally. So something I always say is like, I really feel emotions can coexist. And by no means was I like a saintly woman dressed in white. And after this happened, I was like, oh, like, let's sit together. Namaste. Like that wasn't (laughs) what it was like. It was more like I needed to sit down with him. Like I was so in grief and devastated by someone being able to do that to violate another person that I was like, something needs to friggin' change. And it felt like it's like hard to, yeah, it felt like love would be the thing that would change that. It felt like actual healing Mm. would be the thing that would change that. So in a way I'm like, I was so mad that I justified this like very different thing based in healing. If that makes sense. I, a wall at one point like I was like feeling all the feelings I'm definitely not denying that um so yeah I just I think at some point it's like we know this in like social movements and stuff like rage is the thing that drives change and that's kind of what it was for me like I was so mad and devastated that I was like something friggin' big has to be changed in the world I love that I love that you're like emotions can coexist because it isn't one or the other right we're multi feeling multidimensional and yeah okay so you felt that you 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 took some time with that and you obviously wanted to create this this conversation in your head with this person did it feel like it was just you dreaming wishing or was it like hey this can actually happen did you before you knew that that was a thing how did you find restorative justice Yeah. So I've thought I was totally delusional to think that and like a narrative I definitely received a lot in my life before was like, your head's in the clouds. Like it's not how the world works. Um, But now I'm like, ha ha, like now it is. (laughs) (laughs) I created this. (laughs) Um, So I didn't know it existed for a long time. It wasn't until last winter that I got subpoenaed for the criminal trial. So basically I did the preliminary trial, which is a way of seeing if there's enough evidence to go to like the big trial. Mm. Um, Preliminary trial sucked. I was on the stand for like five hours getting asked the most ridiculous questions. Um, In some ways I was like very empowered because I didn't think I was capable of it. And then I did it and that was empowering. Um, But other than that, I was like, this sucks. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And um, it brought me right back to where I was like right after the trauma, even though I'd done so much healing. So another year later, which is just last winter, when I got subpoenaed for the criminal trial, I was like, I think I'm just going to drop the charges. I don't want to do this anymore. Um, And then I told, this was like the big moment. It's like, I told a friend and her son is actually incarcerated. So there was this powerful aspect of this. I told her, um, I think I'm just going to drop the charges. And like one more time I said, but in my dream world, it would look like this. And she was like, so make it happen. And Mm. it's just like, I describe it as like, I feel like I got pregnant with spirits idea at that point. Like spirit was like, boom, like, yes, girl with this like giant idea and I was like huh like make it happen and um it it just like set me off um I started researching I remembered that I had met 
a woman when I was traveling in Portugal. Because um, one of the things I did for myself in my healing was that I like walked up the coast of Portugal and Spain, which is very epic. Wow. Um, <laughs> but wow. I met this woman in Portugal and she was from Germany and she mentioned that like sometimes they do the justice system differently there, like something like that. And so when my friend said, make it happen, I thought of her, I reached out to her. She said, research restorative justice. I put in my Instagram story, does anyone know anything about restorative justice? <laughs> and that's how I got connected with this amazing lawyer, um, Jeff Carolyn. And then from there, um, we met up and we, me and this lawyer, and we said, let's call a meeting um, with the prosecutors, um, which we call crown attorneys here. And we got together to discuss what would we say to them. And we like got on the same page and then we walked to this meeting. They had no idea what we were going to say. Um, and when we got to the meeting, there was two prosecutors there because one of them was handing off the case to the other. And basically I was like, I don't want to go to trial. I want to do restorative justice. And this is so like, this has never been done in our system for sexual violence for adults, like legally, especially like they were saying, like, this is a big case. Like people are, you know? Mm. Um, and so when I said that they were like, Oh, why are you scared of going to trial? Like you should just go to trial. Okay, good. And um, the first, like the crown attorney who is actually now on our board of directors for our organization she kind of interrupted the other one and was like, Marley, what is your dream vision for this? Wow. And like, I was just like, Angel, like, <laughs> what? Who in the justice system is asking someone what their dream vision is? Oh my God, manifested from you. That's amazing. And that was just like such a boom, like empowerment. Like, mm. okay, I can answer that. And um, I told her that vision and... The other one was like, well, this is not how the justice system works. And then like Kara, who is like team yes, was like, well, like then let's change it. Like this can be Marley's legacy. Like this is what we'll do. And um, they kind of went back and forth for a while. We left it with them kind of being like, mm -mm, push, pull. Um, and we left and I was like, how did that go? And the lawyer was like, that was pretty epic. Um, yeah. And... Yeah, I want to say, too, that, like, in that meeting, one of the things that that this, like, anti it's, it's kind of hard because I'm not allowed to say certain names, mm -hmm. like, legally. So that's why I'm, like, this person, the first person. <laughs> <laughs> first <laughs> like, The yay crown and the nay crown. Yeah. <laughs> so the <yay> crown <laughs> was, like, um, first she was, like, oh, sweetie, don't you understand that rape is bad? And Ugh. I think that speaks to that narrative you were saying of some people are like, I don't, I don't get it. Like, this is so bad. How does she want this? And for me, I'm like, yes, I think it's so bad that we have to consider something different because what we're doing isn't working. Like yeah. this is still happening. It's still happening. Um, and like my vision is like, just the way my, my brain and my spirit works is like, if my assailant were to have kids one day 
do I want those kids to be raised by someone who like went to prison for two years mm-hmm. or by someone who like did this life-changing therapy process and like transformative healing circle? Wow. You're an angel. I love you. This is, this is remarkable. Like it's honestly remarkable. And I think the same way you do. And so I'm like, yes, this makes total sense. And so you know, for those of you listening that are like fully brain crashed right now, like what? I can't believe this. How did this happen? Like, I think it's, it's literally the only way that we will change. It's literally the only way that things will be different. If we continue to prosecute people and treat them like animals and, and incarcerate everyone, I'm not saying that people should get away with things, but it's, it really is so amazing that you created this and you were the first case in North America, which is a big place to actually take this like ugh, you need to write a book I hope you're writing a book are you writing a book I, I think I'm going to okay good <laughs> and you know what's so interesting about it like because like it feels so good to be interviewed by you because I feel that you get it and so yeah. like I can in this really uncensored way um and then I can also speak in this translated way that's like addressing the statistics and yeah. showing how incarceration doesn't lead to more public safety like there's these really grounded responses Mm -hmm. as well um and I have those but I'm just like I don't always want to speak that way like I want to to normalize love I want to normalize empathy you're gonna make me cry again you are like oh I just love you this is great it's but it's true it's like you know, humans, and and if I and I, I ask things for the audience because you know my the, this platform is really for the general population, the general mass woman. It's not a spiritual woman. It's not a awakened woman. It's a woman who knows she's not really happy and she kind of needs something new. So she's looking, and I love interviews like this with people like you who you can speak English to it and it's not too out there. And I love that you said like, I wasn't in a white robe going Shanti Om, you know, forgive this soul. It's like, I, you know, that's like just those 24 hours of you having that on your body and having to wait. Like, I can't even imagine how you felt in those moments and the thoughts that came into your mind and how your body was physically responding. So this ain't some shit, some walk down the park and it's easy because you're a kind, beautiful woman with a nice, amazing smile. If you can see her smile, it is the best smile ever. You know, it's, it's, it's a journey, like any kind of process and, and, and healing. So I want to see if you can touch on. So you, you got to this place. How was, how was, he like this whole time do you know because obviously you spoke to him but was he just uh worried that he was going to go to jail was he angry was he uh puzzled by your um request to do restorative like how was he if you could speak to that yeah so I mean I want to acknowledge that like I had no idea because there was so like he was a stranger to me and there's so much illegalities around like you do not talk like you're the victim, you're the perpetrator, you're here, you're here. Um, And I think that's an important piece to say, because like, again, like for people who are feeling a lot of rage about this, one of the most satisfying ways to like feel and express our rage is yeah, to express it to the person who hurt us and people who either don't report or they do go to the punitive system they don't get that opportunity. Like they don't get that opportunity to express their real raw emotions. 
And that's something I did get by doing yeah. this. Like, I have to be like, you fucking, like, I almost took my life because of you. Like, you know, I got to like pour my, my heart out. Um, so I feel like to answer that, we would have to like jump to the circle, which yeah. I can do. Yeah. So I guess, I guess I just want to say before jumping to the circle, I just yeah. want to say like, one of the best moments of my life was like actually just receiving the phone call that we did get restorative justice. Cause wow. there was like, we left that meeting and then it was like, okay, push, pull, we'll see what happens. And then I got this call from my lawyer, like two months later, that was like, and I had no idea. And he was like, they said, yes, like Kara, the yay, the yay crown, yeah. <laughs> um, like fought for you and you're getting restorative justice. Your assailant is starting therapy right away. When you are both ready, you'll meet in this restorative circle. And wow. oh my gosh, I, I actually called my mom right away and I, we were both just falling. And to me, it was the most clear transmutation I had ever witnessed in my life of like the realest hate like the deepest violation turned into like the highest fucking love like changing the justice system like bringing my like making the justice system fit my heart yeah rather than me shrinking myself into this like dense system wow um, that is remarkable yeah it was so empowering and just like my inner child self who was like what the world is supposed to be loving like yeah. i was like Right. Like you were right. You were not wrong to like keep using love, you know? Yes. And you just even like, uh, I remember when I, my first coach saying there are no rules. Like we make up these, like you gave yourself permission or you're the person that you spoke to that said, why don't you, you know, shout out to homegirl and German homegirl in Portugal for being like, Hey, check this out. Like, why don't you just create it? Because that's, I think speaking generally for women, it's, it's something I feel like we, we put rules on things and things don't happen because we don't think they can. And so the fact that you spoke out and the fact that you requested it, I mean, you have nothing to lose. You, you asked for it and you manifested, of course you did for your story and all the content that you need manifested crown yay to be like, you know, what is your, what is your highest vision? Like of, of no surprise to me that you had her. Of course you did. Like, we are so guided in every part, right? We get what we need, but it's just so incredible that that's how it worked out and that you got what you wanted because you were so courageous enough to go and ask for that. Like you created that. That's amazing. So then, yeah, I can jump to the circle and explain. So, so basically after I got that call, there was like, for me, like a four month period where I just traveled and was like in celebration mode. I was like, yeah. anything is possible. A woman can do anything. Like, <laughs> so I just felt amazing. And then about like one month before the circle, I was like, okay, holy shit. Like, this is terrifying. Mm. <laughs> and I want to acknowledge that too. Like at the end of the day, we're talking about how to deal with rape. So it's never going to be like perfect. And in a really, really ideal world, we don't even have to talk about how we deal with rape. Yeah. Um, so I was still really scared. Um, but yeah, when we met in the circle, your question was like, what was happening for him? Um, so he, he described, this is pretty like crazy universe, divine orchestration as well. Um, he described that like right after this rape happened, he actually repressed it. 
like he was like just repressed it and and when uh this was really hard to hear too like it was such a roller coaster to hear him say this and for a bit I was like oh shit like I made the wrong choice like you know um but basically yeah so he repressed it and when the police came and knocked on his door he was like what the hell and he felt quite victimized like he was in a cell for a night and he was like I don't deserve this like this kind of thing yeah and um it got to the point I think that part of him was aware that something was off in his language like something Mm -hmm. was off um and he started to feel worse and worse, but he didn't really know why. And for him, it got to this point of like, he wanted to kill himself. And he described this moment of like, looking out over his friend's balcony and like, considering jumping. And um, basically, he didn't really acknowledge what he had done until this woman who is now his girlfriend, actually, this woman in his life, she wasn't his girlfriend at the time she was sexually assaulted and she came to him and she was like this happened to me last night like this is my fault she kept saying this is my fault and he said like so he ended up having to support her and he said to her um it wasn't your fault and right when he said that he described this it was like all his memories unlocked And he remembered the whole night. He remembered how terrible it was. He remembered how fucked up it was. And he, like that in the circle, that's like, he said that, he described that. And then he looked at me and he was like, I'm so sorry. I sexually assaulted you. There's nothing I can do to take it back. I hope that being here today can help. And and keep in mind, like, he was in therapy for months as well um, before this circle. Um, But when he said that, I did not even know I needed that so mm. much. But it, I describe it as like a knot untied in my stomach and I just like burst into tears and it was such a deep relief, like a thousand pound weight off. And I was like, I I don't know if every survivor wants this, but like in that moment, I was like, I wish that for, for all of us. Wow. That's huge. And it's huge for you but also for him like for him to be able to get himself through his own discovery and healing to that place where he wasn't being forced to apologize or you know being punished he had his own awakening of what he did and his behavior and how that affected another human being and how he doesn't want to be that person and how all of this is so like put like pieces like like synchronicity I know that sounds weird to say synchronicity in a you know sexual assault case, but like there's synchronicity because even the girl who he got to hold space for, it was like you in him and he got to unlock that through the therapy that you assisted him to get. It oh my gosh. Yeah, yeah. It's like when he said that, I was like my brain kind of exploded and I didn't share that on a lot of interviews at first because I felt that it was like so synchronistic that people would be like, She's lying. Mm. Um, and now I'm just like, no, this is real. Um, but yeah. And, and he's really like, and again, like, I, I think it's really important to say that like people really focus on the perpetrator so much. Like they're so 
even like we think about our version of justice and people are instantly like, what do we do with the guy who did it? Um, but no one's really looking to like the survivor and being like, Hey, like, what do you need? What, what, totally. you know? And so for me, I'm like, all of my needs and more were met through this process. Like I feel so empowered and like free. <laughs> and, like yeah. I got closure. Like even just today I was going for a walk and I was like, I feel so happy. I just mm. feel so happy. And I know I deserve my happiness. Yes. And like, that's not separate from this whole, this whole thing. Um, but yeah, like he, that being said, he has really transformed because a lot of people will be like, oh, did he transform? Did he transform? And I'm like, I, first of all, I feel he has. So that's mm-hmm. like enough to mm-hmm. me. And then also, I really think he has. <laughs> he yeah. stopped drinking. The language he was using during the circle, he was like embodying consent in every moment, um, checking in with people, um, it was hard for me to hear his story, like his perspective. And at one point he was like, I'm sorry if, if I shared my narrative in a harmful way. Like, I'm sorry if I caused more harm with the way I shared, like just really responsible. like responsible. Wow. Really responsible. And he had um, a support person there, like a friend there. He brought a friend with him um, to kind of hold him accountable. And so like, that means he shared with this friend. He told them about it. At one point in the circle, he said that, it was really powerful because I was like, so, so kind of badass. I was like, you're not going to prison. So make meaning of this in the same way that I have. And he was like, I do want to help stop sexual violence. He's like, I, this has changed my life. Like I do want to like help stop. And this to me is where the magic is because I'm like, our standards as a culture are like best case scenario. The perpetrator doesn't reoffend. But I'm like, no, best case scenario, they're so deeply transformed by what they've done that they become like a leader in their community to yes. make sure other men don't end up there. Yes, yes. And and, and it, you're so right, because not only does it weave into his life and how he reacts with his relationships, his parents, whatever, but, you know, if if he goes to have children or he becomes a godfather or he has little nieces and nephews that he can influence and inspire, like, it is huge for the evolution of humanity. It is huge for consciousness. It is not only huge for men and women, but just in general, like love in general and compassion in general and really... It's almost like compassion doesn't even, the word doesn't even cover what this feeling you both got to experience and your mom by witnessing and his friend and the justice system, Miss Crown Yay, being able to, like your lawyers, like, like that's just unheard of. And it's incredible that, you, you know, your heart and your, you were being called to do this, like you were always going to be here and do this, obviously, right? But like, how incredible that you played your part and and that so many people were affected and so many people right now are being affected by it. Like I've cried three times in this interview. Um, hearing this, like the ripple effect of this terrible air quote situation that most of us would be like, that's the worst thing in the world, turns to this beautiful lesson and gift and humanity for so many. Like, <sighs> yeah. Thank you so much. There is like, um, it really, it really does feel like that. Mm. Um, 
And like, yeah, the thing that used to be like the deepest source of my brokenness, if I thought of it, like now I'm like, this is the deepest source of, of my empowerment and my like capacity to choose love. And um, yeah, one of the things um, that I want to say is like, so the very first thing we did in the circle was they said to write down the meet, the circle keepers said to write down three values that we all have. One of the ones I wrote was love and he wrote courage and at the end of the circle, which I am definitely acknowledging was like a fucking roller coaster. Like it was not when people picture Kumbaya and they're like, Oh, restorative justice is <laughs> way too soft. It's like, no, this was, this was it. Like this is the deep root of the wounds. Like this was hard. This was like a purge. Mm. Um, but then I'm glad it was eight hours because it did transform. It did transform into this like, kind of celebration of like holy shit we did this like and i I was very i was like you mentioned that you wanted to kill yourself and it was probably around the same time i wanted to kill myself and instead of that happening we're both sitting here in this circle and it's just like whew, that's crazy (laughs) um but i took i took those two pieces of paper that said courage and love and I have like sitting like over there, <laughs> um, I took them and I like pasted them onto this box. I, my mom had got me this wooden box like right after the rape and I put all these like survivor quotes on it. And after the circle, I painted over the whole thing and then I pasted courage and love on. And when I hold it, I'm just like, this is like the most tangible version of of this whole story like it's this whole story and yeah just the the capacity we have to turn our our wounds into like the most beautiful treasures like is that's what I live for oh my god (laughs) you need a book and you need a freaking movie and I'm like you need all the things this is like the best thing in the universe i love this my favorite interview so far ever like i love it so much it speaks to so much about what i feel and believe and what i my greatest vision for humanity is like that like that is like i'm gonna cry again (sighs) okay so this incredible experience that was difficult and hard and roller coaster and emotional and you know notice as well listeners out there like how long the periods are you know you're saying like so anyway four months later and I'm like what four months later shit that's a long time you know and so much can happen in that time so you guys are getting this like in an hour and a bit you know I mean imagine the length of time four months a year later two years this is three years going on for you to finally have this moment and now how does this because you've been being guided the whole time but how does this guide you into going into the work that you so importantly do and if you're out there and you have any sexual any trauma and you must contact her and do all the things that she has to offer so how does this bring you into this world now there's one more thing I want to yeah. say ripple wise, because I love that you brought up like the ripples of, of this healing and actually like his friend that he brought along was just supposed to kind of sit there quietly the whole day, but he ended up breaking down sobbing about an hour in and he was like, I've never cried in front of anyone before. I was in the military. My dad was in the military. I don't 
Like, I don't know why this is happening. I've never seen anything like this. And something he shared was like, in my 24 years of life, in my eight years of working, four years of school, I've never learned more than I have today. And he was very like, you all need to share this with the world. He's like, Marley, like get on the news. Like you, (laughs) he was like, and he was like, I'm high. He was kind of funny. He's like, he was like, I'm hyped up right now. Like this. (laughs) And, um, it was just wild. And and I say like that, that felt like watching the patriarchy unwind, like, Mm. and that just goes to show like, who knows how many people, have been changed that are connected to him like his family his father like my assailant's friend's father like who you know i have no idea like i'll actually never know um about the ripples but it's it's it it makes it all worth it it makes like yeah yeah there's there was a moment in the when my assailant said i want to help stop sexual violence i was like you hearing you say that has made every moment since rape worth it. And that felt like so real. I was like, I can't believe I'm saying that, but like, I feel that. But is this something that's available, like restorative justice? Like, is this, what's the trajectory of this now? Like how, how is this evolving around the world? What did this do for the justice system from what you know in North America? Yeah, so that kind of segues into what we're doing now. So awesome. like after the... Um, after the circle, I took like maybe a month to process and I didn't really like say anything. And it was like this intense inward time. Um, and then I was like, okay, it was just very clear, like with the crown, the yay crown as well. Like we were like, we need, like, we need to blow this shit up. Like we need yeah. to share with the world. We need to make this like heard. We need to make it the norm. Um, so in that time we were like let's become an organization and basically what we're doing is we're sharing like the why behind restorative justice um we're making sure that everyone knows that this exists um so we're like this organization called rehumanize we're raising awareness we're raising education we're doing a lot of storytelling and yeah it's really just to focus on the why because what i've learned is that there are a lot of agencies who do the actual mediation and that's usually for like shoplifting or smaller crimes. Um, But first of all, like no one knows about them. Like no one, like it took me three years to learn restorative justice existed, even though I was very directly describing it. Um, (laughs) But like, yeah, I want everyone to know that this exists because that is such a real thing. Like, I think it's like, 5% 5% of, of people report. Um, and honestly, like, I'm not that passionate about people reporting. It's not really about that to me, but it's about getting like the healing that we deserve and making sure that transformation happens. Um, but I think a big part of a lot of our healing is to, to like reconcile, to face the person who harmed us, to voice our pain um, to like hear an apology accountability, you know, so it's, it's really about that to me. Um, so yeah, we're doing workshops, we're creating a resource directory and we're very new. So we're just growing and sharing again and again, again, we do have a documentary filmmaker who has approached us. So when you said a movie, 
And then um, the other piece of my work is that I work with women focused on sacred sensuality, transforming trauma, um, and like, yeah, alchemize. It doesn't have to be sexual trauma, but just like, yeah, sexual reclamation and healing. And I friggin' love that work so, so, so much. So that is another part of my life too. Yeah. I think it's it's such an important part of us as women being able to reclaim our sexuality and sensuality. And I just recently, because of all this work and preparing that I'm doing around, you know, um, I'm sharing, I can't share who it is yet, women I have on the podcast, but it's like about child sex and, and, and bat, like really full on stuff. But I was able to recall a memory speaking to my mom, who's just not, she's not, um, available like that but that's cool because I know who she is and I love her and that's cool I don't need to go to her for validation but she brought something up that really like kind of like you said you know when you speak it unlocks things that was in the you know deep unconscious that you didn't remember and it was full on and I was in the shower thinking that I did a podcast about my sexual abuse and I shared that I'm a sexual person. Like I'm like the one, my husband's like less about the sex. I'm like, let's have sex all the time. Like I'm a sexual woman, right? And I identified for so many years as a sexual woman. And I said in the podcast, like, was it because I was sexually abused when I was young and exposed to that as a a five-year-old or was I just going to be a sexual woman? And so many of my listeners were like, me too. I don't know. It's a question I have. And I realized in the shower that children don't aren't born sexual. Like my kids not born loving music. Like they learn how to be exposed to this. And so you're why I'm so passionate about all of you out there like getting in touch with her whether you work with her or you you follow her, you listen to her her, her teachings or anything is because there's so much confusion of women right now with their sexuality and that horror complex and all the things. And is it because of how we were raised and what happened to us? Or is it that we think we're just horny people? Like that was such a massive mind blowing. And I, four days ago, I got it in the shower and I was like, oh my God, I was thinking about this the wrong way. So what you're doing is so, I don't, I don't know any woman who has not had some kind of sexual trauma. And I I don't like whatever that looks like for you out there listening, like it's crazy important. So obviously this guided you into wanting to offer this, doing rehumanize and, and, and then working with people. How do you work with, do you work with women, with men? How, how does that work? Yeah. So I work with women, um, rehumanize, we'll work with anyone. Yeah. Um, these are kind of like two arms of my body yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we we work with anyone um and then for my my coaching work focus on sacred sensuality and sexuality that is with women um, I've been doing one-to-one coaching but I'm gonna start doing some group stuff as well um and like it it's yeah I think because that's been like my most powerful huge source of like grief and reclamation and healing Mm. like I'm so passionate about this to the point that I will like cry or be in the best mood of my life after sessions because I'm just like so grateful I'm grateful to offer the work and I'm grateful that women are doing this work yes yeah and thank you for sharing your your journey with that as well it's so deeply inspiring Mm. I'm I'm just I'm so excited for what you're doing and I'm excited for 
people to hear this story because it's as you said like it's not easy to get there but it's so worth it like everything that's happened from then until now um i'm sure you have moments where you're just like so grateful for your life and grateful for what you've done and grateful for you know every part that's come into it so yeah how can how can we find you where and, oh sorry before we go there i would just want to ask you so you crown yay <laughs> poor crown yay we love you crown yay you know who you are so crown yay is kara okay cool crown yay kara so with Kara, like you guys were like, we, and I love this because you're like, we need to get this story out. Not because like, I want to be Insta famous. It's like, this needs to be, this is a love story. This is, this is transformation. This is like hope, all the things. So how did you, cause you've been on some major publications. How did you decide like, I am, cause this is a big thing to go global with, right? Like, so how did that all happen for you? And to a lot of different reporters. And I heard back from like a lot of reporters. And by the time I was like ready to share it, because basically what I did was I told them there was a publication ban until November. And mm. mostly I did that because like I needed time to process. Um, yeah. And so there was like six articles that came out like within three days. And that was like half post like, some big um, publications and like, so it w- it was like quite zero to a hundred. And at the same time, we right when these articles came out, that's when we announced that we have an organization. So it was this big kind of like um, wow. thing. There's like mostly it's been like hella empowering and incredible. Um, there's also definitely been a journey with like, holy shit, this is a lot <laughs> and. Uh, especially at first because it's it's quite fresh like it's it's hasn't even been since the circle hasn't been a year um so yeah like I remember when the BuzzFeed article came out there was like 500 comments that were very internet troll like like oh you were drinking you deserved this and also like um you're a menace this is one that got repeated a lot you're a menace to all women because you let a rapist walk free and that was the one that just like I heard it once and I was like, mm, that's bullshit. But when I heard it like 200 times, I was like, oh, and it really, I had like a big breakdown with that. It was just like, this is all a lot. Um, but I don't know, like, like it, I feel very, like, I know how to love myself. I just mm. know how to love myself. I've like worked really hard to, to cultivate those tools to like regulate and ground and like, anchor in love and calm my nervous system and so I'm like this feels amazing right now to share this like it doesn't none of this interview has felt like you know (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's good because we don't want to be oh yeah I'm like I I love too that like so many of the women that I serve are like stopped by their family to share their story or social media like when my husband died I did like a video about my life and like how your video and it's like you know, his photos are in there and it, and it did go like, oh my God, what if his family comes and tells me how dare I share their son? And I'm like, that's my story. And so I really honor you as well because I can really imagine and, and feel that it would be hard to not make him feel like this big bad villain because you continuously are talking about it. But also, 
right? Like also being like, but this is my story and I need to share it. And it's such a beautiful story. And you're so respectful with both, both of how you both met in the circle. Um, but I just think it's, it's great to watch you shine because you're giving so much permission to so many women and, and humans to just take this route of, you know, compassion and love and looking for another answer and not just the conditioning of jail time and locked up and this this other world that you know that seems to be the only option or we don't say anything and so I honor you because you've been able to to share it so publicly and obviously it's not easy um, but yeah I think that tr- that stops us so much from sharing our story and the social media and, and other people hearing it and so it's really beautiful that you were courageous enough in your love to to, to talk about it. Thank you. Yeah. And I want to say like, I have, I probably received like 300 beautiful emails from like survivors who are like, I needed to hear this. And at the same time, I probably received like a thousand comments from like internet trolls. And at the end of the day, like, I do not care about Mm. the internet trolls, those survivors. I'm like this this is so important. Like I, I did have to share this and I've gotten pretty good and badass with boundaries of being like, I just poured my heart out. I'm not in the mood to like debate with someone who thinks I'm a fluffy. Yeah. So how can we get involved in supporting you? How can we support with the rehumanize with the doco? How can the, the people listening support you and get involved in that work? Um, with what you're doing. Yeah, beautiful. So with Rehumanize, our website is rehumanizemovement.com. Um, we're always happy to have volunteers. Uh, of course, we're not doing workshops in person right now, but we're offering some online stuff. So definitely definitely look at our website. And we are a nonprofit, so donations are always deeply appreciated, and that helps us mm-hmm. to make impact. Um Yeah, in terms of my personal, like, sacred sensuality work, if people go to marleylist.com, I actually have a free three-day masterclass right now that's, like, all online uh, to all women. So people go there, marleylist.com, they'll find it, and then we can be connected. I have a Facebook group, the Crown Attorneys in my Facebook group. Oh, yay. How epic that this, like, head of sex. I'm prosecutor is in my like sacred sensuality. (laughs) (laughs) Of course. Of course. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And then like I'm on Instagram, Marley, all my stuff is Marley list. So people can there. Um, And like, please feel free to reach out. I always tell people I'm a human. I want to hear from you. I want to connect with you. Um, Yeah. So I'm here. Mm incredible please also tag and share if you love this episode follow marley list she's got an incredible 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 page i just i love how you stand in it like i love how you own it and you stand in it in your way and your process and just how you let us see that so thank you so so much um also keep us updated on the doco because that's going to be cool australian people say doco because they cut everything in half i so doco <laughs> avo is avocado anyway <laughs> i'm so keen to like talk to your mom as well so maybe we can come back one day and do an episode you and your mom because like what a story supporting that because there is a lot of child and healing with parental and it's just 
It's so incredible. And I know you've heard it many times before, but like, thank you for your courage and your bravery and your heart. And thank you for saying yes to doing this work, not even this podcast, but just this work. Keep sharing it. Keep getting your face on people's platforms because it's it's a beautiful story um, that we, especially right now, I think the world needs to hear more about this because it's about possibility. And, and I just really honor you and thank you so, so much. Mm, thank you so 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 much for having me thank you everyone for listening thank you guys (laughs) my darling we are in wild times right now and in order for you to manage your mind and boost your immunity and be level-headed instead of panic i want to invite you to consider online training to consider joining a community a sistership where you are going to be held where you're going to be supported, where you have a safe space to unravel. And with all this time at home, you can actually better your life and work on yourself. Good news as well. I have now done a 12-month payment plan for the online sisterhood. So many women right now are experiencing trouble with their finances, losing their jobs, being single mothers, not knowing when their next money or paycheck is going to come from. And we are navigating that with our current sisterhood members. We are working with every woman that we can in order to support them in these tough times. And I hear you out there saying, I'd love to join the sisterhood, but I can't afford it. I can't afford six payments. So what I've done is made it a year-long program. It's a year-long program with a year-long payment plan. I really, really want you to consider if this is the time for you to join the sisterhood and work on yourself. It is available to you now. Let's do the damn thing. Thank you so much for listening. I so appreciate your ears, your time, your energy, and your attention. Please do me a favor and head over to Apple iTunes, subscribe so that you don't miss an episode, share this episode with a sister who you know needs to hear it, and if you feel called to, leave me a review. I'd love to know what you think about the podcast. I'd love to know how this information is helping you change your world. Thank you so much for being here. I know that there are many podcasts you could listen to, and I really appreciate you listening to mine. Have a gorgeous week, honey. Bye.